0: I believe in God the Father, almighty maker of heaven and maker of earth. Many of you recognize those words as the first line of the Apostles' Creed, one of the many creeds that we use here in our church to affirm what we believe about God, what we believe about each other, what we believe about the church. These creeds are important. They shape our belief and shape our story. There's there's a great version of the Apostles' Creed which was sung by a Christian musician by the name of Rich Mullins. Rich wrote a wrote a song called Creed, which is basically where he he sings the Apostles' Creed, and then in the chorus, his chorus for this song is the, these words right here. He says, "I did not make it. No, it is making me. It is the very truth of God, not the invention of any man." And I loved I love that little that little that little uh, chorus there because it says something very important. He said, "I did not make it." No, it is making me. The creed, the story of God's plan of salvation from Jesus Christ, is not something that I invented or any human invented, but it's the very truth of God. We did not make it. No, it is making me. I did not make or invent Scripture, but Scripture is making me. I did not form it. No, it's forming me. The truth of God, I did not invent this truth or make this truth up, but this truth of God, it is making me. It is forming me. It is, it is changing me into who, who I am and who I am supposed to be. It's making my story. My story is a very interesting story, my story of, of faith. I was just like many of the kids you saw this morning for confirmation, I grew up in the church. Uh, my family, when they adopted me, they, they believed in going to church. I, I, I told somebody younger that, uh, or earlier that, that, we, that we had um, gosh, what was it? it? was something I was really tired of the other day, and I was thinking about the fact that one of the first dances I went to in high school, I was, I, I was too tired to go to church the next Sunday. And my mama informed me that if I had enough energy to go to that dance the night before, I had enough energy to go to church the next Sunday. That was kind of the way my faith was formed. I went to church. It's just what we did. But I may have gone to church, but I was just going through the motions. I was just doing what you were supposed to do. So, yeah, I went to church. Now I was president of my youth group. I was, went through confirmation I did all the things expected of me, both by my parents and by my church, but I was just going through the motions. I didn't mean it. I mean, I wasn't hostile to it. I wasn't against it, but it had not yet formed me. It was just something that I did because it's what everybody else did and was what was expected of me. And it wasn't until I was a senior in high school that I made the decision to put my full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So for many years, I just went through the motions of religion, but I had not yet put my full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why, to me, the altar call at the end of the service is so important. Because every time we gather, individuals should have the chance to put their full faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because it is not religion that saves you. It is Jesus Christ that saves you. It is not church attendance that saves you, but it's Jesus Christ that s- saves you. It is not any of these things that we do that save us, but it is only the power, blood, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that saves us. took me a while to kind of get there. My path was a little, li- 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 little wide and wandering. After college, I kind of I tell people my religious experience was much like going to Mama Hamill's. I ate a little bit of everything. I went to the Methodist church, then the Baptist church, then the Presbyterian church, then the Episcopal church. I, I mean, I, I tell people I'm a theological mutt. I'm a Methodist pastor that went to a Baptist college at a Presbyterian seminary. I mean, I'm not sure what I am sometimes. But I found my way back the Methodist church. It's my story. It wasn't always a straight road. The, the road usually had some bumps in it. But that's my story in Christ, how I got started there, and found myself back there. Now, Saint Matthew's story. Saint Matthew's is a little bit different. First time I ever came to Saint Matthew's, I'm trying to remember when. I think it was 2006, but I'm not sure. Um, it was back the, one of the years we had conference at Christ. Because when, when you have, I like having an annual conference at a church because it makes it feel more holy. But it's, you can't host everything in one building. So when we had conference at Christ, we had one of our preacher meetings here. And I don't remember, it was in the time frame when they tore up the road and you couldn't get here. You know, I just couldn't, like, I remember thinking to myself, how do people go to church here? Because you can't get there. I mean, I feel like I was on old, old Canton Road about half an hour trying to get here coming into the sanctuary and sitting, sitting kind of, kind, kind of over in the section over here and thinking, man, this is a pretty sanctuary. Just, that was kind of my first impression of St. Matthew's was, wow, this is a beautiful sanctuary. What a neat, what a neat church. I love the way it's laid out. It's just a pretty, pretty sanctuary. Then, you know, went back to wherever I was living at the time. A few years later, my next time at St. Matthew's was, uh, was uh, at, um, I had a meeting uh, when I was at Asbury over in Hart Hall. And so I pulled into here and had no clue where I was going. Just kind of wandered around. I think I wandered by the office. I think I may I went up in the prayer room. I just kind of wandered around, and somebody said, "You look lost." I said, "I am. I'm looking for a meeting." So it took me back to back to the end of Hart Hall and found out where I was supposed to be. So who'd have thought I'd ever be serving here as lead pastor? I was not in my playbook. I didn't expect to see that. To ha- I didn't expect that to happen. But it was interesting. That that in my story of ministry, many of the pastors, Hank Winstead, Bill McAleese, Steve Castile, others that have served in this church have become friends or mentors of mine that have helped shape me. And how my story has been shaped. I mean, I I went to visit Hank last week, he and Ann, when I was in Wiggins for a revival. And we were commenting on how literally the last eight years of my life have been directly influenced by Hank Winstead. Because my five years at Asbury that church only exists because Hank Winstead was DS and that church was formed and he helped that church be planted. Apart from Hank Winstead, Asbury would not exist. Wow. And here I am at St. Matthew's. And apart from many of you in this congregation and Hank Winstead and Ann, you know, who knows what would have happened, where we'd be. So I thought, I told Hank, I said, just thank you. I mean, because you shaped my story. You shaped my story in amazing ways. So that's my story. What's your story? What's your story in Jesus Christ? When did you first come to know him? Maybe you do not yet know him. When did you make the decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ? I'm not asking to give me a date or anything like that. But what's your story? When in your life have you made those decisions to to trust in him more? What's your story this morning in Jesus Christ? How has Jesus shaped your life? How has Jesus shaped your story? How has Jesus shaped your family, your career, your decisions? What's your story? What's your story at St. Matthew's? What brought you here? Maybe you were part of the folks from, from Wesley that moved here. Maybe you've been in this church for a few years. Maybe today's your first Sunday. You're not even sure why you're here. What's your story? What's your story this morning in Jesus Christ? And what's your story specifically here in our church? Part of the beauty of life is finding out our stories. I love, I love what we read this morning from Revelation in chapter six, where it says this, I'm sorry, verse six, it says, he has made us a kingdom." priest, serving his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has made us a kingdom. Priest. Y'all, I'll say this to you a lot, but I mean it. You don't need me. Like, I hope I'm important, and I mean, I hope I help shape your faith, and I hope i provide good pastoral care to you, but you don't need me you really don't. You don't need me to have access to the Father. You've got all the access to the Father. You need yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the power of the Word. You have the congregation. You have the worship. I'm not that important to your faith. I hope I shape shape it and help it, but you have access to the Father. God made you with a story. God made you with a purpose. God made you for a reason. And his purpose is what we see here. He has made us a kingdom of priests to serve our God. You have a story from God. You have a purpose from God. You have a story that you're still figuring out. But that story in God is only, that story, is your story is only complete when your story finds its place in God's. Story, Your story, your family's story, your life's story only finds its purpose, only finds its place, only finds its roots, only finds its truth when it's found within God's story. Over the course of this month, that's what we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about finding your story. What is your story in God? What is your story in service? What is your story here at St. Matthew's? One of the things we talk about here is prayers, presence, gifts, service, witness. What, where in your life are you finding your story lived out in these places? And here's the thing about God's story. God's story is only completed when your story becomes part of it. St. Matthew's story is only completed when your story becomes part of it. So our church, our church needs your story. Our church needs your giftedness. Our church, for our church, to tell the story that God has created it to tell. We need your voice in it. We need your story in it. We need your presence in it. You matter. It's funny, when I first started preaching, I was very hesitant. To check on folks that we missed in worship, because I don't want folks to feel guilty or feel like I was the attendance police. But then I realized, the longer I was in ministry, if we're going to tell you, if we're going to tell you, you matter. That you not being here makes us lessened. Church folk, hey, you St. Matthew's folks that are here every Sunday, that are always here, that are that 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 are part of our whatever. Look around this morning. And see who's not here. Think back to Sunday school this morning. Who did you miss in Sunday school this morning? Reach out to them this week. Not in a guilty way. Not in a make them feel bad way. But if we tell them they matter, we got to miss them. We got to miss them when they're not here. We got to reach out to them. Because don't they matter? And we all want to feel like we matter. So this week... This week, reach out to somebody that you had not seen in a while. Not to make them feel bad, but to tell them we're lessened when they're not here. Our story is not complete without them. We need every voice. We need every story. Your story matters. Your story is important. Our church can only tell its story. When your story joins joins into it, I love music. Gosh, I wish I had some musical talent, but I love music. I was um I was thinking the other day about music and how uh, back in the good old days with vinyl and uh, cassettes and all that type. So if I remember my first car, I I love I, love, I always loved the Beatles. I don't know how it fits the back to scripture, but I love the Beatles. I love how their music, like, you know, I love how they listen with headphones. And sometimes you'll hear out of this ear, you'll hear like a, the guitar or a or, or voice or the drums. And then out of this ear, you'll hear something else within the music. And then when I, one of my first cars, I'd, I'd love to like turn the back speakers off or the side speakers and only like, so you can only hear like the voice. Maybe, you know, you just hear the voice. You wouldn't hear the guitar or vice versa, hear the guitar, or the bass line, And then, and then it was really neat to hear these individual parts of the song, but it was really most beautiful when every part of the song was bled together. When every part of the song was bled together is when the song was most beautiful. That's how it is in church, y'all. That's how your story works. Your story is beautiful. Your story is beautiful and it's yours. Say St. Matthew's story is beautiful. But our story is only complete when your story is part of it. God's story is only complete when, when your story is part of it. But in the same way, your story, your story is only complete when God's story is part of it. What's your story this morning? What's your story in God? What's your story in St. Matthew's? that's going to be our our week's challenge of the marbles this week. Think about your story. This week, think about your story. Think about the role Christ has played in your story. But think about what your story means to us, what your story means to our church. This week, what's your story? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song praising my Savior all the day long. This morning, what's your story? Let's pray.